Welcome to the Grinders Table, the podcast where we sit with C-suite executives and founders who are taking their industry by storm to figure out how you can build an exceptional career and business. Together, we'll try to uncover how they have both defined the odds and what you can learn from their experience. Hi everyone, welcome to another week of the Grinders Table and with me we have somebody exciting. In my usual fashion, I don't like to introduce people, I would allow Clive introduce himself. Well, thanks, Ewan. I think, uh, yeah, just uh, and welcome to all of you um, on the podcast. So my name is Clive Butker. I'm the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Kalon Venture Partners, which is a digital disruptive uh, tech venture capital company based in Johannesburg in South Africa. We've been around for about six years now. We've raised about a quarter of a billion rand. We have 10 investments and we should be making the next uh, few investments within the next few weeks. And Touchwood, all at the moment, is going uh, extremely well with uh, many of our companies. My background before that, I studied, I've always been an entrepreneur since I was a little boy, but I studied computer science and applied mathematics and mathematics uh, at the University of the Witwatersrand in Johannesburg. And then I joined a company called uh, Anderson Consulting that became Accenture. I made partner in 1997 and um, I had Accenture's technology business. I headed up Accenture sales business, and then I became the CEO for the last six years till I retired in 2012. And then I formed uh, Calum Venture Partners, as I mentioned earlier. So that's a very helicopter view of, of, of my career. We built Accenture to about a four billion business and with about two and a half thousand people from around the globe working in the South African office. Oh, actually you have a very interesting career. But wait a minute, you retired and then you came back into investing. What prompted that decision? Why? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I wanted to retire many years before because I, I was in a very privileged situation and, and uh, you know, that I could actually retire financially. But I decided to stay on, you know, I was asked to stay on and, and I did stay on in, in the company. But they got to a point, I must be honest with you, I personally don't like having bosses. You know, I like to be a founder. I like to actually run my, the show myself. I like to be uh, totally have uh, full flexibility of what I do, when I do it, and how I do it. That's how I operate the best. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs just don't like to have bosses. They want to be the boss, and they want to be in charge. And I just felt when I got to, it was 28 years at Accenture. I'd been the CEO for six years. It was time for me to move on and start my own company. So, yes, I say I retired, but I think I failed retirement for about four hours I retired failed retirement and decided that I wanted to set up my own venture capital company. So that was my, that was my history, but I really did give up because I just didn't want to have bosses anymore. I want to be my own boss and do my own things. And, you know, because I've always been, uh, I've always been that entrepreneur since I was a little boy. All right. And um, in starting your own VC and same thing with starting any business, what were the, biggest challenges you would have faced because you were coming into this with a lot of experiences and all that, but you still have faced some, some challenges. What were they? Yeah, I think, you know, fortunately I'd worked during my attention career, I'd worked um, in, in, in the US at Silicon Valley building tech businesses. So if I looked at my strengths, you know, leadership was one of them, entrepreneurship, technology, building companies. So I'd actually built an 
and and uh, I built many many tech companies um, before I retired in in 2012. And I think the one thing I hadn't done um, in my career, I'd done it helping other people and helping other fund managers was actually raising a round of capital. I would say the biggest challenge I had was not the the brand, the skills, you know, the the knowledge um, to build companies to exit them. Um, but really, it was raising capital. So that was probably my biggest learning curve, was getting to the point that we raised a quarter of a billion rand of capital, which I was, myself and the board were very excited about. And it really has given us a springboard now to, we're now a South African VC with a great track record, and now we want to go out and raise the 50 to $100 million um, sub-Saharan African fund. So except for North Africa, we want to go start a fund in South Africa, Nigeria, Egypt, Ghana, all over Africa, really looking for tech companies that we can invest in uh, from South Africa. So that's our next BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal is to go and raise a hopefully a $100 million fund that we can deploy into the high growth uh, African startups in across multiple sectors. Wow. Being in the VC space too, uh, I understand the, the difficulties in, in fundraising, but let, let's take, take a step forward to actually identifying the kind of companies that maybe fit your thesis or, or you, that excites you. Uh, and, and in my, my normal conversations with, with investors, we have all the agreement that while we invest in the businesses or the idea, we invest in the people. How do you select the right people? Or how do you, how do, is, is there a, a scientific, since you're a mathematic person, is there a scientific um, formula or thing to picking the right bets? Yes. Uh, so let me, let me go back to, maybe you didn't ask the question, but I've got what I call the five T's of actually making an investment. And then I'll talk about the characteristics and attributes I look for in an entrepreneur before I, you know, I invest in an entrepreneur. Number that, I've got five T's and the number one T is the team. So we, we prefer to invest in teams rather than individuals because, you know, we think building a, not we think, I know, building an entrepreneurial business is extremely, extremely difficult. I think being a, a solo founder is like, you know, taking, having a battle with Muhammad Ali with one hand tied behind your back. It's extremely difficult. So we prefer to invest in teams rather than invest in individuals. That's number one. That's the number one T, which is teams. Teams, teams, and teams. Number two is, is, the, is the technology. We want something that's really disrupting a current market or disrupting a new market. We don't want a me-too company or a commodity company that competes on price because then it's just a race to zero and a race to the ground. So we want something that really is disrupting an industry, and I can talk more later on about some of these companies uh, that we've invested in. The third T is uh, the target addressable market. We, we like to invest in a large market in South Africa, a large market in Africa, and a large market around the world. So we, we don't invest in companies that are only for South Africa. We invest in companies that we can hopefully exit one day globally because we've, we, um, we're solving a problem. The technology is solving a problem uh, in many, many markets all, all around the globe. The fourth T is for traction. So we don't invest in too early stage. Invest in more of the, the Series A. Occasionally, we'll do a seed investment, but our, our actual um, uh, investment mandate is more the Series A when a, a business is, you know, they've got product market fit. They, they, they've now got a repeatable, scalable, and profitable business model, and they're now looking to really scale. And that's the time we like to come in and put, uh, put fuel on the gas. We put in a rand, we put in a dollar, we get two, three dollars out. And we like to invest at that stage of a business's uh, livestock. And that's the traction one. Um, the, 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 the last T is um, 
Uh, he's just a tenacity of the entrepreneur. You know, we want someone that is really just just won't give up. You know, they're not built with a or born with a silver spoon in their mouth, and they just will not give up. They will not wake up one day and say, "I've had enough. It's it's too hard." Because it is hard, and a lot of people do just give up. I mean, businesses die because at the end of the day, the founders just give up. They are, they might run out of cash, but they give up. They say, "Sorry, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard, and I'm giving up." And the characteristic look for out of the five C, you know, number one, I look for someone that's coachable. Because if it's a driver that's not coachable, whether on their first um, rodeo or their second or their third or their tenth rodeo, it doesn't make a difference. Make sure they're coachable. You know, we've got a board of two hundred years experience, and as 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 knowledgeable as the entrepreneur might be, we all have to grow. None of us have arrived. None of us. We all on a journey, and it's not a destination. So I want to make sure we can teach and, and coach, and at least that the entrepreneur listens to different perspectives before they make a decision. Number two is, is, is communication skills. You know, when I say communication skills, everyone has to be able to sell. The most important skill I believe in an entrepreneur is someone's got to sell the stuff. You know, you can have an engineer that can build the stuff or 10 engineers that can build the best disruptive innovative technology. But if you can't sell it, the market doesn't know about it and you're not going to build a business. So you have to be able to sell the stuff. So when I talk about teams, I like to have an engineer that can build the stuff and a real hustler, the salesperson that can sell the stuff. It's got exceptional communication skills to be able to sell the stuff. So that's that's it's coachable communication skills. Then, I mean, the third one is around charisma. You know, someone that's got that charm, someone that can really go out there to investors and convince investors and convince um, employees and con con convince invest um, customers to actually come on board. You need that charisma, that that entrepreneur is going to bring. And we like someone, doesn't have to be the one founder, just someone in the founding team has got that charisma that they can really use those communication skills and create those sales and get the and, and, and get the company off the ground. The fourth C is curiosity. You know, you need to, I call it R&D, you know, it's research and development, but it's actually uh, research and, 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 and deliver what your competitors are doing. Be curious what's happening in your marketplace. Understand the regulatory environment. Know your competitors. Don't obsess about your competitors, but know your competitors. Know what competitors are doing. Know what, what, what their value proposition is. Know how you're going to beat your competitors. Is it a feature? Is it a complete new value proposition? But I like that curiosity in entrepreneurs. They're always learning. They always want to grow. They see themselves in permanent beta in, as work in process. And they learn and learn and learn. And they never stop learning. They, they never arrive. They just, they're always curious to get more and more and more uh, and more information. And, and lastly, you know, there's, I mean, I could go on with a few more C's, but I think those four are the, are, are, are key, are the key four, four C's. Um, I mean, the, the last C I would say is commitment, that you want to see commitment from the entrepreneur. You know, you just want to see that they, this is their dream. This is their vision. This is bigger than, this is their why. It's bigger than making money. This is the passion and why they do, do what they do. And you want to see that passion coming because they can sell it to an investor, that passion. They can sell it to a customer, and they can sell it to employees, and they can sell it to, you know, peer press and everyone else that needs to know about about the story. It's the five T's of, of 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 how I select the investments, and the five T's of how I select the entrepreneurs. Amazing! This is like a masterclass in a few minutes, and I really love your energy and your passion because it's obvious that this is something you love to do. Have you ever made have you missed out on a bet? Missed out on the company, and you, you know, months after you, you think back and like, wow, I should, I should, I shouldn't have made this decision, or I should have invested. 
honestly, uh, it went too many times. Too many times. There's two biggest fears of a uh, of we make decisions out of two, we make decisions for two reasons. One is out of greed and one is out of fear. That's why we all make decisions, greed or fear. Now it's the greed of missing out on a deal and it's the fear of missing out on a deal. So yes, I have made those deals. Sometimes it's out of fear that the, the, the business was not going to survive and I make that decision. And often sometimes out of greed, you think this is the best deal you've ever seen and it doesn't make it. So I'll tell you something, you know, um, uh, one of the top venture capitalists in, um, from Idrissen Horowitz talks about, um, he talks about you should get a 40, it's okay to have a 40% ratio. If four out of your 10 bets are bad, it's okay. That's venture capital. You're going to fail at four out of 10. Six out of 10, you're going to hit home runs or hopefully you'll get your home runs. But that's the, that's the power law of venture capital. You just need one or two that really gives you the 100x return in your capital and you're going to make a nice return for your shareholders, a very, very nice return for your shareholders. You don't need 10 out of 10 to be successful. You only need one or two to really blow the lights out. I'm not happy with one or two. I like 10 out of 10, but I'm human. You know, we, we make mistakes. And yeah. as I said, I'm, I'm never sure if it's better to back a one and lose your money or not back one and make a, a fortune of money. But both of those two, two are terrible and they're made out of greed and fear. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, would you tell us, I mean, you've had an illustrious, illustrious career from what, what we can see and what I see online too. Um, would you tell us one defining moment for you? You know, I think the most important thing I'd say for me, and, I, and, I, and I'll leave this lesson for any entrepreneur or anyone that's on this table, is get the right mentors. Get the right advisors, get the right mentors. Because, you know, you don't have to learn these, relearn the skills that other people have learned. You don't have to relearn the lessons that other people have learned. You know, you don't have to pay your school fees over and over again. So I think the probably the most important lesson I learned from a very, very young age is actually to watch other people. Watch what they do. Stand on the shoulders of giants that, that, that have come before you and watch what they do and follow what they do and learn what they do. You know, when I was a little kid, when I was eight or nine years old, I worked in a clothes shop, in, in a men's clothes shop. And I was selling, and, and there was this one gentleman there that was selling, you know, thousands and thousands of rands worth of suits and shoes and shirts and everything. And I was selling a handkerchief, you know, worth, worth $1. And I said to him one day, I was just out of complete curiosity, I said, you know, you are just unbelievable. You're doing everything right. I'm doing everything wrong. Can I just watch you and see what you do? He said to me, you can watch me, but you can't say anything. He said, you can't say anything. And I watched him for a month. Just what he did and how he sold and how he upsold and how he how he could the communication skills and the objections, how he could handle them, and how he he sold instead of one pair of socks, three pairs of shoes and three pairs of socks. And within a month, I'll be honest with you, I was doing the same thing. I was selling just like he was. In fact, within six months, I was outperforming him. I was outperforming the whole company in you know, the whole clothes shop. I was outperforming them in sales. So that was a fantastic lesson I learned when I started my career at Accenture that. The first thing I did was I went and I got mentors. I said, I got a sales mentor. I got an entrepreneurial mentor. I got a leadership mentor. And I, and I climbed under their wing. I said to them, please, can you mentor me? I know you guys are good. I, I admire you. I respect you. But I need you to mentor me. I don't want to make the same mistakes that you know everyone else is making or probably that you've made in your past. So I think the most important advice I can give to myself, my younger version of myself, and everyone else is just get advisors, get mentors. Don't try and do it alone. You don't have to. You know, it's an expensive, very expensive learning lessons by having to make all the mistakes that people before you've already made. And they can teach you, don't go left, go right. And this is the reason you mustn't go left because there's a pothole, go right. It's the right to riches. So I hope that that answers the question, but that's yeah. what I would, I would say is my key lesson. 
Oh, actually, a really, really good lesson. And in terms of resources that can help people build out their career, their business, and as a founder, as executives, are there any are there resources that you like to recommend? You know, number one, I'll just say, I want to go back to the point I raised earlier. You know, you've got to see yourself as continual work in process. You know, Reid Hoffman talks about this in his, in his book, Reid Hoffman, the CEO of LinkedIn. See yourself as permanent work in process and as permanent beta. Never, ever see yourself as the finished product because the day you see yourself as the finished product, you will stop learning. So learn, learn, learn. Just keep on learning. And the way you learn is podcasts. It's all these blogs that you see. It's YouTube. It's books. I still today, I've got 35 years experience, but I read probably a book a week. I watch, I don't know how many podcasts, how many YouTube clips. I don't know how many blogs I read. Every night for two, three hours, this is what I do to keep on sharpening that saw, to keep on getting better and better and better and better in the fields that I want to get better in. And it's just amazing how much I don't know. When you read so much about from these top people around the world, the, the, and, and the point, to, for one, there's no reason um, not to do it because there are so many resources out there. And if you just have an iPad or a phone and an internet connection, there's no reason not to shop in the store and get better and better and better. And in all honesty, if you don't get better, you've got yourself to blame. This is completely within your control. You know, I posted something a blog the other day. It says if you get, if you take one to the power of 365, you get the answer is one. So you don't get better. If you take 1.01, so if you get 100 better every day for, for 365 days, you will be 37 times better at the end of the year. 37 times better than you are today if you just increase by one hundredth of a percent every single day. So read that book, read that blog, get better, look after people, be a good leader, etc. You'll be a 37 times multiple of what you were day one of the of the of the year. Now if that doesn't tell you a story, then then nothing does. Amazing Clive. Thank you so much for spending these few minutes with us. We've learned so much. I have learned so much and I'm reaching out to you privately. Um, thank you once again. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. And you too, eh? That's all on today's episode of The Grinders Table. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MontiorUM. That's at Monsieur for Miss Time French, OM. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.